one of the um, people, her name was, candidates was Deirdre Bauman. And I was like, that's a horrible name for like, like no one can pronounce like Deirdre, like Deirdre is of like a different era altogether. D-E-I-D-R-E. Mm. And it was Bauman and I was like, tough name. Just tough name. Like I'm, she just needed to go, she needed to go Deb. So should politicians change their names? 100%. Like, Lil Wayne, like yeah. Lil D, Lil D, yes, Deidre, yes, okay. right. <laughs> yes. So vote, vote Lil D, right? She'll represent you, yes, on the city council. Welcome to Footy Fellas. Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. I think it should be it should be allowed. You should be allowed to. It shouldn't be frowned upon if you're a politician and you change your name, in the same way that artists change their name, yeah. or or players. Well, players don't. Well, I mean, well, that's also interesting. Like, because what if politicians did like just like the Brazilian style? They just have like one name. Mm. Instead, mm. Of, instead of like two names, you just know them as Didrigino. that's actually that's a fair point (laughs) and then the campaign ad is like the Jogo Benito video where Dina is just kicking a ball off a crossbar and keeps getting it back and it's like a 50 year old Jewish woman and like heals the entire time it's just the wow factor you remember that you know absolutely like has nothing to do with politics like no no policy stuff mentioned in it no except that she can juggle all of the issues on her wow. on, and as you're ju- you know it's sort of instagram reels edited yeah. where yeah. like each time she juggles yeah. a different political issue comes up it's like you know taxes abortion like everything sort of pops up each juggle what was it's what's the um the uh the town in connecticut that's like heavy portuguese like is that waterbury or or danbury or something like that maybe i'm making yeah, that up i'm not sure but i remember we were in that area I feel like a commercial like that would kill it. You have a Jogo Bonito polit- politician <laughs> commercial, yeah. just kind of feeding to the the local the local. Got to know your constituents, right? That's, that's how you win. So in Chicago, like if they like tackled the competition, they're wearing a Bears outfit and just like tackle Brian Urlacher with uh, the hair back, <laughs> right? Now that he's been advertising all <laughs> right. those hair transplants, exactly. So let Brian Urlacher tackle you. To win the election. Mm. Yeah, how does it come back to you well, being a candidate? Good point. <laughs> I, mean, I can take the hits and still get up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> running, running. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, fire it up, fire it up. Nice. And then, and then to really sell it home, the only way to make it believable is you show up to your next campaign event, every bone's broken. You're in slings, <laughs> right. you can barely walk, you right. can barely talk, like, but you need to play it out throughout the whole campaign, otherwise everyone knows you didn't actually take the hit. Exactly. Right. Because Brian Urlacher's hitting 100%. Yeah. He's not, <laughs> no. he's not letting up. No. If you, you know, regardless of how much you're paying him, his reputation's on the line. <laughs> is her name still Deirdre Dino, or is she, is it more like Polish or something kind of more Chicagoan? Smart. 
Because I like I like I like Deirdre Dino. She's a Chicago dog. Nice. There we go. Just everything. <laughs> everything like super <laughs> Chicagoan, but doesn't really work together. It's no politics. It's all Chicago. It's her in a bun saying, "I'm a Chicago dog." She's dressed with everything but ketchup, and then she goes, "I can take it and still get back up." And Brian Blacker <laughs> comes out and off screen and just right. wrecks her. Right. Right. <laughs> Has my vote. I don't even know what we're voting for. And like, I'm. I'm in. <laughs> what right. is she running right. for? Right. You know, I have no idea. Or she says, "I'm running for city council," and is the running back. Oh, wow. you know, gets the ball handed off by uh, something. I don't know. Someone Trubisky. Important. No, but I was gonna say him, but that's not even cool anymore. Um, not even a quarterback. We need. Yeah. We need some another, other metaphor. Another... We need another metaphor to hand right. the ball off right. to her. Right. You know, and then. Mm. Sammy Sosa? I don't know. I'm just yeah, thinking, now I'm just saying famous, Sosa. famous Chicagoans at this point. Yeah. John, John Baptiste Dusab, the <laughs> one of the founders of Chicago itself. The cow that started the fire. Nice. Miss O'Leary. Miss O'Leary's cow. There we go. Hands the ball off to her. Right. She's in the backfield. Right. And she's Pretty sort of much. carrying the torch. Like, she saved the fire. Wow. She stopped oh. the fire from happening because she's carrying the torch that would have gotten knocked over. Yes. You know? And then Erlacher comes in. <laughs> Cue the lines we just said before. Right. And the flame is still upright. It has not. <laughs> she doesn't drop the flame. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So it's a shot, and in the background, it's a shot of what Chicago would have looked like if the Great Fire hadn't happened. There's, like, spaceships and, like, <laughs> all this stuff that's in her future that she can make in your future. Yeah, right. right. Make happen. She can get you there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, Deirdre, if you're listening. Deirdre Dina. Yep. Fire yep. your team and bring us aboard. Yeah. Bring us in. We just need what that budget. That budget's probably decent. It's, it's up there, but it's a good commercial. You just run it nonstop, even when it's not an election year. You just run it. Mm. Keep awareness high. Yep. You know why she could bring us all in there? It's because mm. we're all in Chicago together. The Footy Fellows, all in one place. Woo! And we're talking politics today, strictly. <laughs> so, what's the next issue? What's in our next hot ticket item to talk Roe about? Roe v. Wade, I think, is really <laughs> oh. interesting. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I meant Man City versus Liverpool. Hey, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. No, no. Good save. Good save. We've got some big games and competitions to talk about that we're going to focus on today. We've got the Champions League, and we have the Concacaf Champions League, the, the more, real, more well known, the real the Champions real League. Champions League. <laughs> right. That has seen a winner. And one is uh, has seen a final, and so we're going to talk about both. We should probably start with the Concacaf Champions League. Okay. The real one, the big one. Yep. And we do have a winner, and it's an MLS team for the first time in a long time. Yep. In a long time. Who is the? Do we need to research that one? Maybe we need to. Look. The the last team. Yeah. Yeah, we should have researched that before, but do we want to get I'm, on that right now? No, no, no let's uh, let's jump <laughs> in. I think it might be first time in history. An MLS team. Has First time ever? Yes. It might be. It's not that old of a competition. Dare dare I say. So I'd believe that. It turns out IC was correct. Hey. <laughs> it took us like a second to research, which is crazy fast on our part. Uh, but how do you feel, IC? I feel good that uh, the United States finally pulled it out, MLS team. Um, I don't like Seattle, but kudos to them for winning. And Jones, you're a big fan of their crowd that they had. Where, where was the game? game was in Seattle. It was in Seattle. Which, which is also interesting. I don't know the rules around that. I feel, I feel woefully un, uninformed. Yes. So okay. let's, let's talk about some of the background here. It's a competition like, uh, like the Champions League. You've got a bunch of teams that 
playing groups work their way in. Then you've got a round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, final, and a winner. The main difference from the Champions League is that the final is also two legs. So we've got both team with a home game, great for the supporters to get out there, great for obviously just the club's revenue, and I guess it, for continuity, it makes it feel like the rest of the competition, you've got two legs in the final, so it's not just all one game. You could argue that's less exciting. We could argue that in a second. Um, but really quickly, in the quarterfinals, we had MLS-wise Seattle, NYCFC, and the New England Revolution, also Montreal Impact. So there were uh, four teams. All four quarterfinals matchups happened to be an MLS team playing a uh, Mexican team. And what we got in the semis was one semifinal, the two MLS teams won, it was Seattle, NYCFC. And on the other side, Pumas played Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. I'm not used to seeing the abbreviation there. Uh, a pretty big team, pretty big big team in Liga MX. So Seattle obviously won from one semifinals. Pumas won from the other semifinals, which set up a pretty massive heavyweight clash in the finals. Seattle versus Pumas, and Seattle won five to two on aggregate, but they won three to zero in that second home game. So it was tightly contested in the first match, two to two, and then they ended up winning five to two on aggregate and are the first MLS champions ever. Like Icy said. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. But the crowd was insane. The crowd, the, that the crowd second was leg. crazy. It was absolutely crazy. <clears throat> Twitter was going nuts with all of the MLS-specific kind of um, reporters, analysts, commentators, who were just hyping up how amazing this was to see. The Sounders play at the same stadium where the Seahawks play. It's an NFL stadium, so it has... 60 plus thousand seats and it was completely packed which isn't unheard of uh, you know unsurprisingly unamazingly not a word for a Seattle Sounders game but it was completely packed and rocking like the the they like it seemed like a true soccer crowd it seemed like I was watching um, Dortmund, you know, playing Bayern or something, and, and you had like the yellow wall, just these flags and the crowd going nuts. And whenever Seattle scored, the entire stadium went nuts. It was, it gave you chills watching. The first goal, what they highlighted in the first goal, uh, was um, they celebrate the the scorer runs over straight to like the crowd, and apparently runs into where the um, where the academy players are. So they're all sitting there. And so if you watch the clip, it's, you know, the team running in and, you know, hugging and stuff. And then it's all these younger guys who are all going nuts too. And the caption, you know, was summarizing, that is what the Sounders are. They are a team, they are a full club, top to bottom, where they are instilling a whole culture. And that is largely why they are as successful as they've been for the past I don't know it really does feel like a decade at this point they they're always going to be contending for um it, not a, let alone a playoff spot but actually going to the semis or if not the finals if not winning the finals and lo and behold they're capping it off with a, a CONCACAF Champions League trophy um and then winning it that type of excitement is it, it, it's just another sign of how how massive soccer is really becoming in the U.S. 
I see. What makes them frustrating as a fellow Western Conference MLS team supporter? They just have MNUFC's number. Um, very tough game against them always. We can't beat them. You know, the most painful memory I can think of playing them is when we lost. We were up 2-0 in the... Was it the COVID? Right. It was the COVID... Was that the COVID playoff match? Maybe the MLS uh, MLS yeah. is back. MLS Cup. is back. MLS Cup. is back. Yeah, yeah I think it's it was pretty far along though. In the semis, yeah. And we we're up to zero. You know, seventy eighth minute, seventy eighth minute, feeling good. Uh, and then all of a sudden they go full Real Madrid and <laughs> they come back and beat us and we don't you know make it to the finals. But um, yeah, no, they they just are very good. Uh, they, you never go into a game against them and, and expect anything less than 100%. Uh, yeah. But they're they're starting to uh because I, I don't follow nearly closely enough, but they they're they're starting to give off those inevitable vibes. Those teams where you know, like Brady Patriots, like, you know, I, I was going to say United United like 99 through 2012 or something just like these teams that like they may not have the best roster at the moment on, on paper but they're just just and they're going to win this game they're going to be in the game you 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 cannot ever rule them out and that very much just comes from culture it comes from this constant winning you just think of them and winning and that already sets you back as a team you already get um you know self-conscious about it so you know the fact that they're taking down the loons I get it. Chicago Fire, we got whipped by the loons, so it's like, oh, we don't even want to see we <laughs> What's don't going on see there? Seattle. <laughs> yeah, they. you mentioned a dynasty, Jones. They've won the MLS Cup twice in 2016 and 2019. They've won the U.S. Open Cup four times, even though there was a three-year stretch, 2009, 2010, 2011, so starting right at the turn of that decade. And they now winning the CONCACAF Champions League they have guys that have been around so long that scored in the finals. Uh, Raul Roy Diaz, Ladero. They have guys because they've been so good that are true legends at the club. That you could have legends elsewhere, but without the winning piece, it doesn't have the same yeah. feel to it. And so when they got subbed off at the end of the game, I think we all saw the clip. Um, it was just a, a special moment. Like you could see the emotion and what it meant to them, and it's it makes a difference having club legends. For a league, for a team, but also for a league like the MLS that needs some of those legends not to come in. The David Beckhams are great. The Thierry Henrys are great. The uh, Carlos Velas are great. But without legends that have been there long enough to win multiple titles, to bring that sort of storied feel to a league, you're missing something. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're players who, uh, they, they probably at their peak could have played in other leagues. And even then, I don't think they For would necessarily sure. be an impact player, but they might be a decent role player. So, so you know, it, it's this this very thin layer, you know, talent-wise, if you're, if you're making some scale, where they kind of, they're not good enough to completely do their own thing, but they're not poor enough that they're just ineffective. And they sit in that nice realm where they're just going to be an impactful presence. And you find a couple of them for a team, and that's, that's magic. I remember the fire, I keep bringing it back to my own personal experience, but the fire, like around 2010-ish, a little before, a little after, had a couple guys that had just been on the club for a little while, 
five years, six years, who were just established veterans who were very good and very competent, and they instill a good winning culture there. And you get games where you know you're in the playoffs and you have some fun. Um, so the fact that they're able to do that and maintain those people, it tells you they have a good front office. It tells you that they have good recruiting. It tells you that potentially, you know, top to bottom, it really is a, a well-organized um, organization. Yeah, and Brian Schmelzer, I just wanted to look up how long he's been there, their head coach. He's been there since, he was an assistant starting in t- 2009, and he's been the head coach since 2016. So he's been there since yeah. the beginning of all this, which mm-hmm. is crazy to have a coach in a major, in a professional sports league be there for 12, 13 years. is pretty outstanding. It's the dream. The one other piece I want to get your takes on is the importance of the CONCACAF Champions League. How important should it be for MLS teams? Because DeMarcus Beasley wrote a good piece on MLS.com talking about his POV was this is a huge deal. MLS teams need to go all out for this kind of tournament because of the reputation it brings the league, the players. He started seeing it more recently where players in Liga MX, other leagues of that caliber, are actually asking MLS players about coming to the MLS now, which 10 years ago would have been laughable. And his point was you need to put the resources and the effort towards these types of competitions that happen mid-season, even if it means risking your form, which the Sounders right now, as good of a team as they are, and they just won the CONCACAF Champions League, are in 13th in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. You know, hard to prove just with one year, a direct correlation. But do you think it's worth pursuing this type of tournament if it means risking you know six or seven games worth of your best showing in your domestic league in the mls i think that's a good question you have to ask Concacaf. i'm sure they would always prioritize it maybe it's a question you have to ask mls and 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 you know the commissioner of the mls is there a way to incentivize teams to be willing to prioritize a competition like that if the if like the current the current model the way that they've shifted the mls for example is where they're requiring them to buy or invest in younger players so that the the league as a whole is then being built up as this this feeder league it, br- it brings in the young talent, sells on that young talent. The league is getting better. It gets more attraction. It starts to grow. It makes money, etc. So if part of the logic is we as a league will do better if the CONCACAF competitions are more uh, strictly you know, uh, enforced among, among clubs, they aren't just completely wasted, then, then in turn, potentially MLS grows. So, so you think it's more of a league decision versus club by club they need to decide how important it is? I think it's tough for a team like Seattle to... I think it's tough for any team to want to win that if there's nothing to get out of it other than a trophy. Because all of these teams, they aren't really flush with money. I mean, they're American teams. They have big investors. They they are fine. But, you know, they, they do need to prioritize what they're doing. And so if they can be told... That, hey, if you're not doing great in the MLS, that's fine. If you're instead pouring your resources into trying to win this competition. If you win, the, if, if Seattle Sounders win the CONCACAF Champions League, then the MLS says, great, you know, you get a bonus of X. Or, you know, or you don't need to pay for your fees for Y or whatever. Some way to kind of incentivize them to say, look, this is good for us if you do this. 
it's the same thing I would imagine for Premier League teams going to the Champions League. Yeah, I'm sure, right? Like they they must be rewarded for their efforts from a domestic perspective. So my answer is the question is should they? I feel like that's a league thing. I think they should be allowed to, um, but is that the case? I don't know. Yeah, just touching on um, the the Premier League and the Champions League itself and how that works. Assuming that they don't actually incentivize, in, like the the leagues that. The domestic leagues don't incentivize Champions League performances. Uh, just going with that assumption, then it's all just for the trophy and like the recognition of being the best in Europe. So until the Concacaf World Cup becomes like the best of the Americas, then and that that's actually something really to fight for, and and be proud of winning, it's going to be a tough sell. And you have to incentivize in those ways that you talked about, Jones. Um, which I think are fair. I also think there are a lot of win-wins for if the league MLS wants to become the speeder league and, and incentivize teams to get young players, local United States, born and bred players into the into the league. Playing more games in the season means that, you know, if you want to focus, depending on what you're focusing on, you can't play all these starters for all these games. You run the risk of injury. So you get the young guys performing and playing and getting their experience in these big games, um, which is important for the league uh, overall. So I see that as, you know, maybe silver lining in, in promoting a mid-season tournament. Um, but, yeah, the other thing I always fear about with soccer, I think European players play a lot of soccer, arguably too much soccer, because, it, you know, I worry about injuries for these players who are so good. And I just don't want to, you know, yeah. cramming 40 games into a, a year is, is a lot. Um, but, you know, that's why we have big rosters and you get the young guys in. I think that's good for, for everyone. Both fair points. I'll add for anyone curious, the winner of the CONCACAF Champions League gets a one-time $500,000 cash prize, which maybe I think the, the designated player amount is like $1.2 million or maybe even I know a couple of players get paid more in the MLS, $2.something million. But just to, to put that 500000 in perspective... And they also do qualify for the quarterfinals of the FIFA Club World Cup. So it's big for the, the club's PR. Yeah. It, it, I agree with both of you, though. Is the cash prize from that competition, from the CONCACAF Champions League or from the Champions League, is that enough to incentivize clubs yeah. to put all of your resources, especially where the MLS, there's not as much depth. Like They don't have as much depth on teams mm-hmm. as European clubs do because the budgets are so much larger. Right. And that feels like the big, that feels like the crux of the decision here for clubs is how how hard are we willing to go for this? Obviously, they're weighing: do we have a real chance? Are we, you know, have we progressed past the first couple of rounds? Maybe now we need to make a decision. Are we continuing to play our starters and they're not playing in MLS games? But um, yeah, it's. I mean, I think people around the league now that they've won one are starting more to talk about the importance of mm-hmm. this should be something we do that every club does. Yeah. It almost, I think it, 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 I'd imagine it is treated a little bit more like, <clears throat> like the FA Cup is for teams where in the earlier rounds, maybe they don't necessarily play, um, their, their first lineup, but if they do start to make it into knockout stages, they mm-hmm. maybe take it a little more seriously and then they kind of move forward. Um, and that there might be a nice balance to it. Um, that money is going to go up. That money will that that prize winning money will go up uh, the more that 
TV viewership goes up. And the same, that's like where all the money for the Champions League comes from. That's massive because of viewership. Yeah. So, you know, if American teams are winning, I, you know, you're you're bringing in a whole other massive market that can can shoot those those earnings up. So, that would be super exciting, especially again. I think we're all on the same page. If the Fire were to win the CONCACAF Champions League and then was, what, playing and then the final against the Champions League winner, which will likely be... In the Club World Cup. Exactly. Which will probably be, what, Real Madrid, we think, or... No, no. Firmly Liverpool. Okay, okay. Firmly. just making sure I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. No, it's good to know. Champions League final, is that, is that your predictions? You both just, we just skipped the whole segment. You're taking <laughs> Liverpool, you're taking Madrid. $100? On the pod, mm-hmm. Jones looks nervous. Sorry, I was drinking. I didn't hear that. But what, what was? Uh, you need to watch uh, Benzema's Paneka one more time just to feel a little more confident. We can only dream. We can only dream to be as confident as Benzema, which is one of the storylines we should probably talk about with the Champions League. We'll get to a little bit of preview slash just general thoughts on the Liverpool Madrid finals, but we should start a little earlier. Maybe quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Okay. Start start quarterfinals. Huge upset. With Villarreal taking down Bayern. Oh, quarterfinals. Yeah, yes. we're talking quarterfinals <laughs> Champions League. Rewind like a month. Uh, two <laughs> months, maybe. A month and a half. Who knows? Uh, but that was huge because Bayern, we were talking about recently, they just ran away with the Bundesliga for the 10th year in a row, 11th year in a row, something like that. And so for Villarreal to just beat them 2-1 in aggregate and somehow clamp down on that explosive offense... Is just a huge story for La Liga, honestly. Yeah. And and Villarreal, who's been a good team in the Europa League in the past, to show that they can actually do something in the Champions League. Yeah. You know, it begs the question, is just to, to pivot a little bit, is the Bundesliga going to do anything about Bayern Munich? Ten <laughs> titles in a row? Yeah. Yeah. As, as a spectator, as a fan of Bayern or, you know, any other team in the Bundesliga... How can you put up with that? It's just insane. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, great for Villarreal, and um, we'll get we'll get to them playing against uh, Liverpool in just a moment here. But yeah, uh, unexpected for sure. And that was a dominant performance by Bayern. It was like a bazillion shots to few. Yeah, they and, really held on. They definitely yeah. made it to the end. They but parked the bus. That's all that counts. It was the old Arsenal coach. Yeah, Unai Emery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. I, I think it. it Everyone watching and seeing what was kind of unfolding was endeared and thought to themselves, wow, this Villarreal team is like a really special team. This is a team that they are the good guys. You know, anyone who were to kick them out of competition would be (laughs) kicking a kid on Christmas Day. You know, you just don't do that. That would be pretty out of bounds. So them making it through the quarterfinals, really, really impressive. Um I thought another impressive matchup was the uh, was the Man City Atletico Madrid uh, bout, which uh, was really cutthroat, got really ugly in the in the second leg. Uh, City was up 1-0 from the first leg, and then the second leg, uh, you know, it was classic slugfest. Classic, just two teams just kind of hitting each other nonstop physicality. Um, and City, to an extent, kind of parked the bus a little bit, which was kind of a unique spin zone. That's right. There was that funny quote afterwards. The owner, or general manager, I guess, owner of Atletico 
dissing city for parking the bus and all of social media collectively lolling together at them. That was pretty the funny. That's Atletico's gameplay. Yeah, every funny game. man in the mirror type yeah, moment, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it, Mr. GM of Atletico <laughs> Madrid? Yeah. They just they stole the bus driver, put in their own, and turned that thing <laughs> back around is what they did. Madrid, Chelsea, one of the other ones, that was where Madrid sort of uh, not started, not started, but continued their magical run, taking down Chelsea uh, five to four in that crazy finish where Benzema in his second display of three, did he score a hat trick that maybe throughout that uh, throughout that quarterfinal leg across both both legs had three goals combined, um, but that was just a crazy one to take down the reigning cup holders in Chelsea. And since then, Chelsea, um, in, in 2022, actually, Tuchel has only won three games uh, with, with Chelsea. Interesting fact. Jeez. They, they, they've, kind of, they've kind of crumbled a little bit. Um, uh, fallen out of form. It doesn't seem like they're, they're, they really believe fully in what they're doing. And, and now, in the Premier League, they are actually kind of falling out of the, the, the top four race. Um, so you know the first the first kind of giant that Real slays is is Chelsea and in turn it seems like their season is going um, south. So in the semifinals uh, they have an interesting matchup there with another English team. Liverpool conversely didn't have much of a game. They didn't have much of a quarterfinals. They just played Benfica, another small club, super easy. High scoring though, six to four across aggregate. Do you remember feeling any sweat sweating at all during that quarterfinal against Benfica? I see. No, if I if I remember correctly, they won, they won the first leg three to one, and then the second yeah. leg at three three draw. No, the goals came uh, pretty fast for Liverpool to start, and then Benfica had a couple of nice nice goals at the end, but it was at that point out of reach. Uh, I felt so. Yeah, I was I was not sweating. Not sweating. Calm as a cucumber. As you are. Cool as a cucumber? Or calm as a cucumber? Mm. Definitely cool. Definitely cool. I like calm, though. (laughs) Okay, you say cool, but when have you ever seen a cucumber not calm? Right. True. Let me ask you Pickle Rick? Pickle Rick. Uh, That's a good rebuttal. Yeah, he was hyped up. Anti-calm. Yeah, that was... He was freaking out. So they make it, so Liverpool makes it past Benfica, and we'll, we'll continue following their journey in the semis against another unlikely participant, Villarreal who took down Bayern. And in the semis, Liverpool beat them 5-2 on aggregate. So even more of a beatdown. 5-2, but it was uh, a bit more exciting than just looking at aggregate. It was 2-0 first leg win for Liverpool. And then Villarreal came up, came to play in uh, the second leg, and they scored two. Uh, Not right away, but they scored one right away, and then they scored another one. So it was 2-2. Uh, pretty much, it was it was pretty nerve wracking when the two two came up, um, and then Liverpool found their stride and they got they got three in uh, fifteen minutes, which uh, yeah, it was really nice. Always always good to get those in and uh, yeah, Diaz and Mane. Mane has really been on fire and Diaz has really been meshing well uh, on the team. So uh, it was a yeah, big win. Big win for, for the good guys. Has Diaz been the signing of the century or what? He's kind of he's kind of been their best player, even though he hasn't played as much as Salah or has been as consistent 
production-wise, but just watching games with them on the pitch, it feels like he's been one of their most exciting, uh, efficient players since they got Yeah, him. no, he's definitely been very good. I, I still say Sadio Mane, he's also been super good, uh, especially of recent. Um, he's just in this new position, Mane. He's got this kind of false nine role now, uh, which I think is new for him, but I think he's playing quite well, and uh, but Diaz just has the energy. Diaz has the speed, which Jones likes to say that Sadio has lost, which mm-hmm. all right, you know, we'll give him some, but Sadio is still performing like a, like a legend. And, uh, you know, Diego Jota, I would say, has been the signing, the best signing I've seen Liverpool do since last season. So um, until Diaz can, can get those numbers up to Jota's level, that Jota takes that place. Fair. So they make the finals, and they come up against Madrid, who... Jones had another unreal comeback, even more unbelievable than previous, when they took down City in that semifinals, 6-5 to five on aggregate, but that second leg, they needed two insanely late goals just to make it to extra time. The City-Real Madrid matchup semifinals 21-22 season is, is an all-time classic. The first game ends 4-3, to three, going back and forth, both teams throwing haymakers. The... The... The way that these teams set each other up, both were willing to play and actually try to score, as opposed to a cagey back-and-forth kind of park-the-bus boring type of performance that we've been growing ourselves, like we've grown accustomed to watching that, especially in these later stage games. Um, And people were worried that that might be a factor, especially with the away goals aggregate rule being dissolved this this year. Instead, what we saw and what we retreated to was uh, a couple of all-time classics. The first, back and forth, tons of goals. Second one, as you were saying, Eli, iconic uh, with, you know, I guess is the 89th minute uh, and some change for extra time uh, is left on the clock. And in order to just send it into overtime, Real Madrid needs two goals. They score two goals uh, in the 90th and the 91st minute, um, and go on to uh, with a uh, with a penalty from penalty Benzema. from our boy Benzema, uh, end up uh, taking themselves to to the final. Um, Benzema then as like the third player I think, or fourth to ever score in both the home and away legs of the quarterfinal and semifinal of the Champions League. Um, the other is like Edin Dzeko. And Lewandowski, there's a third in there too. But it was a, a fun little uh, tidbit there. All in all, incredible. Did I watch any of it? No, because it was during work. But if you're th- listening, work. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the texts were, were blown up, and that, that I feel like was, was enough to validate how meaningful of a performance that was to watch. I'm stoked for the championship match, uh, May 28th. I think we have to chalk Benzema up for a goal. At least a goal. Yeah. So Liverpool should already come into this match assuming they're down 1-0. This He's been is, that hot. This He's is the second game. leg. Just come in 1-0. I am very nervous about Trent against Vinicius. Yeah. That's going to be... That's dangerous. Uh, because I like Trent. We all love Trent. Jones loves Trent. Uh, he's good at coming up the field and whipping balls and a threat on the attack. He is not as fast as Vinicius. Vinicius took Fernandinho to school yeah. and when he uh, let the ball go through his legs and um, you know ended up 
getting an assist on a goal. Or he scored. He might have scored. He might have scored it himself. It was scored. insane. Yeah. Even Pep was couldn't even believe his eyes. Um, they might need to help out there. Yeah. They might need Kanata or yeah or yes, definitely Kanate to shade over more. But even one of those midfielders yeah. to sort of chop down and quickly bring the double, and 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 Trent not to get beat down the line. Yeah. But uh, Henderson, whoever's playing, not the most central role, but with their three midfielders, might be Milner, might be more yeah. Bigger. Not, not as fast, but more physical. Yeah, and just to help out, just to be a second body, because one-on-one, if you give him five chances, he'll break through twice, and they might score. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm biggest biggest fear right there is what I'm um, expecting. Benzema's already going to get a goal. Um, but I think the defense looks open. I think their defense looks penetrable. It doesn't look, um, you know... They can, they can get scored on. We've seen it. Yeah. If um, nothing else, they've shown, in addition to crazy comebacks, they've given up like more than four goals every the last couple legs. Yeah. So I'm hoping for a lot of goals. I think I think the goals will come. I also think, what do you guys think about this? Are we seeing more goals this year because teams are just getting better at finishing? Like These are the top teams in the, in the world, arguably. And these are the best finishing teams, you could probably argue, because they, they you win games by scoring. You score your chances that you get. Are we just seeing the best teams put in the chances that they're getting? And it just happens to be, you know, this is just. I think we have to look at the you have to look at like the uh, successful shot average or something for us to like clinically answer that. But I think that what it really is a sign of is that the top soccer is played a certain style, and that style is on the front foot. It's not as slow and methodical as some others might think. And and you can argue that City is a little bit slow and methodical in some ways, but they really, they, they are a high-pressing team. They are a quick attack, quick finish um, um, operation. So the fact that you had all of those teams doing that and the one team who wasn't was Villarreal really emphasizes that they are, um, they are going to attack, they're going to take shots, and then they're going to score. The thing that worries me about Real, like like the the two flips here is Real. What I worry about for them is they are porous. They are giving up chances. It was encouraging from a Real perspective to see in the second leg. Apparently, they were pressing City pretty well and should have had a couple opportunities go in. Um, they were also fortunate that City didn't put theirs in, and in turn let them you know score at the end. Benzema obviously is a wild card. He's probably going to score, but you you don't know. Conversely, with Liverpool, Liverpool has a lot of great talent. Their weak spots are well known. Trent is going to be exposed, sure, but you know I think you still take your money on Allison being able to stop Vinny or um, Van Dyke coming over to help. Uh, it's it's going to be a matter of is Real lucky or not. It, it, you have to favor Liverpool. You have to favor them on form. There's a lot of time until May. They're still chasing the Premier League. They're chasing. They've got to play Chelsea in a FA Cup final. A lot can happen uh, that can really wear them down. But at the moment, they're the hottest team in the world, and you can't argue with that. They're electric, but they still have Premier League games and FA Cup. Who knows what form they'll be in come that time? Real, conversely, I'm going back and forth, back and forth. They've already won the Premier League or uh, La Liga, Liga, so they're. You know, are they playing their number Coast. ones all the time? Are they relaxing when they should be kind of ramping it up? Who knows? Yeah. 
It's gonna be fun. Yeah, we. I'm already. We're already planning stuff back home to watch the game. It's gonna be a full day event. We've got this local spot, Brits. That's a Liverpool bar, and we already got to map it out two, three hours ahead of game time. Oh, at least I imagine at it's least. gonna be packed. It's, yeah. It's where uh, last year or the year before I got one of the worst uh, sunburns of uh, <laughs> ever. We were outside on the uh, on the lawn watching Chelsea Man City, and I no sunscreen, sitting in the sun. Oh no. Torched. You can, still, you can still see it. You're still super burning. Yeah, yeah, it's been two years. That's like, that was medical. That was bad. So your Jones, your uh, heart says maybe Madrid could have a chance, but head Liverpool. Head again. At, let Let's have this conversation two weeks from now. Let's see how both teams are faring. What What they're playing. How they're playing. At the moment, if if these guys had to play this week, if they had to play on Thursday or something. I would. It's a neutral neutral venue. I would like. I would. I would like to think that Liverpool would have the edge, just because their f- offense and their defense are have have stronger have a have a higher floor mm. than than the than than the Reals of the world. That's fair. All right, I'm gonna corner you into a prediction as well. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one Liverpool. Three one. 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1 Liverpool? Yep. I was also going to say 2-1 Liverpool. Feels like Benzema scores. Better be a more exciting game than the Liverpool-Tottenham final. Because yep. I remember watching that here with Jones, and that was just a... They got Salah at that early PK, I think, and then that was just game. Yeah. So Or well, even more exciting than the Chelsea City game. Yeah, which, that too. Which, you need more goals. You need more than one. And this, You need you know, a goal for each team, and then it gets interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening... Could be betting on both teams to score, you know. If that's what we're all we're all sort of feeling, could be interesting. Right. Could be interesting. It also seems like the last chance. I'm amazed Madrid made it to the final. They, for as storied of a club that, as they are, we talked last year about Ronaldo leaving and Messi leaving while Messi was leaving and talking about the trajectories of both clubs. It's amazing that they've made it back already. Mm. Like whatever three years post Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the last chance. I wouldn't have expected them to be. It's probably the last chance for Benzema and maybe Modric and Cruz, Cruz, Carvajal, some of these guys that are their their old guard that have made it this far. We'll there, see if they can they can pull through. There's an interesting point in that that I'm thinking to myself, like long term, if Real wins, it's also maybe maybe over analyzing, but but it is dangerous precedent. If if Real wins. They've got such a young core there that if they learn what it takes at this age to win, I mean, they could be really setting themselves up for kind of the next wave of dominance. If they pull in an Mbappe on their team, they really start to uh, form some type of super team again. Because you have Kemavinga and Valverde and Vinny and Rodrigo and, I mean, Militao is Militao, but they they've just got a young they've got a young core of guys in that in that squad who are all very talented, and if they have that if they just start to smell what it's like to win that trophy, then they're actually supported with other teammates who are of quality repute. Yeah, uh, that's a terrifying terrifying formula in the future. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Uh, the thing is though, if they win and Mbappe still goes to Madrid, he sort of becomes Kevin Durant. <laughs> and, everyone, and, everyone, and everyone hates him because they won. Why do they need you? So I thought I saw he also re-signed with PSG. Maybe that was rumors, but... The, uh, yeah, the... No way. 
There's well, there there's issues with how much it would cost to buy him. I think. Ah. I think there was. I, I saw something similar like like that. We okay. need to we need to do our research. We need to yeah, do our research. We'll, we'll do our research and get back to you. Uh, I see. If Liverpool wins, is there anything you're willing to put on the table as a dare of sorts? <laughs> They win, you if will. they win, you'll. Um, you know, I will celebrate all day. All right, uh, no, I, something a little bit more fun. You see that uh, <laughs> bottle of maple syrup over there on yeah. your refrigerator? Yeah, yeah, it's been here since we moved in three well, years it ago. Was not, it wasn't ours. It was also yeah. wasn't ours. Oh, lovely. Okay, even better. I will take that and pour it over my head if Liverpool wins. Wow. All right. I guess we'll sh- we'll have to decide if we're willing to ship that to you. But if we do, then we'll get it on video. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's a re- that's a reason to stay tuned to the Footy Fellas, if nothing else. Also, if you made it this far, you're probably one of our friends. So we, we <laughs> expect you to be glued in. Uh, but either way, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. See ya. This to me is like classic and basic. Like this isn't even, it's like, like this is like a really super just standard kind of grab it at a grocery store yep. kind of thing.